welcome to Are You Up Babs? I'm so glad that you've been able to join me this morning. And you know, I want to say to you that regardless of what is happening in your world, and maybe today you've woken up and you're just feeling really downcast, you're feeling really heavy hearted. My prayer is that as we get to the end of the session together, you may be encouraged and you may be able to go forward knowing and trusting that God is on your side. And we are entitling today's Are You Up Bad session, Scaredy Cats, Scaredy Cats. About two weeks ago, I did mention we've got a dog. She was rescued. She was actually found as a puppy. Her mom had been poisoned and the rest of the litter was running terrified. They were captured and rescued and we then adopted her. She was possibly about seven, eight weeks old, a sweet little puppy, very timid in nature. But she is a scaredy cat. I mentioned in the previous message two weeks ago how she's just scared all the time. She's scared of people, all people, and she likes to bark at anything and everything. We tell her she is OCD. She has obsessive compulsive disorder. And you know, my daughter said something very funny, Sashley, who's involved in media and movies, etc., actually said Lexi's life is like a movie with the horror music in the background. For many people, life is just like that. When I'm speaking to people, so many people feel so discouraged. If you look at people, they are discouraged due to illness, whether it is their own illness or whether it is someone else who is sick in their lives and they are concerned. People People are discouraged because of death that they've experienced, the death of loved ones. For some people, they feel like they're continually going to funerals of loved ones, people in the family, friends. For some people, it's the loss of finances, the loss of a job, the loss of a business. And now trying to overcome that really difficult situation, keep your head above water. The loss of relationships because people are really living far more isolated than ever before. Many times old age homes are shutting down due to the virus and really people are just experiencing such isolation in their relationships either from people who want to stay away from other people for fear of the virus or people who don't want to go into public places and so discouragement on every level. Discourage means to cause someone to lose confidence or enthusiasm. I want you to think about that definition, that someone would lose confidence in what they hoped for, in their dream, in what they trusted God for, and they lose their enthusiasm where they were passionate They've lost all that enthusiasm. Wouldn't that mark the description of a depressed person? Someone who has lost their confidence. They've lost their enthusiasm. And then another way of discouragement is literally to show someone disapproval. And we as parents have always got to make sure we don't do that with our children, that we show them disapproval. We can fall so easily into that, maybe as a boss with your employees. In any position where you are ministering to people, looking after people, helping people, it is important that we don't show disapproval, which is actually an act of the flesh but to always encourage, to exhort people, to encourage them, to inspire them. The Bible is so full of examples of people who were discouraged. And I love that because, you know, we often read the Bible and it's 
heroes, heroes in the Bible, where God did supernatural things through their life, where really they experienced the goodness of God in their life. And yet you read those accounts of people's lives and there are so many examples, story after story after story of people who were extremely discouraged. Let's look at a few. We know that David, before he became King David, we know from reading the Psalms how discouraged he was so many times. God had told him he was going to be the king of Israel. King Saul, who had become a bad king, an evil king, was still the king and he was trying to kill David. And while David was hiding in caves and taking his family somewhere else so that they wouldn't be harmed and running for his life all the time, he must have felt an extreme amount of discouragement. Do you know that it took him 15 years before he experienced the promise of those words of God. 15 years from the time God told him, you are a man after my own heart, I will make you king. It took 15 years. Can you imagine the discouragement he felt? But also having to stand firm and to trust God in that time when he felt like actually he was going to die, the king was going to find him and kill him. If we look at Moses, Moses was discouraged when he tried to save the life of a Hebrew man who was being beaten by an Egyptian. He saves the man's life and actually he kills the Egyptian man. The next day, two Hebrews are fighting and he says, hey guys, don't fight. And they go, who, who are you? Are you also going to kill us? And in that moment, he actually, he knew now Pharaoh was going to come after him to kill him because he'd killed the Egyptian man in protection of the Hebrew man who was being beaten. But he runs away and he spends 40 years in the desert, in the wilderness, looking after sheep. I want you to imagine how discouraged he must have felt at times, how his life went from living in a palace as an Egyptian son, a son of the Pharaoh, to running away into the wilderness and now being a shepherd man, looking after sheep. But then we know he goes back to set God's people free. God calls him and he spends another 40 years taking the people through the desert, what should have been an 11-day trip, 40 years. But we know even when he was discouraged, he had this phenomenal relationship with God where he literally was in fellowship with God. He would talk to God. God would speak through him. And so it's in that relationship with God where we will not become discouraged, but where we take courage and we are not afraid. If we look at the story of Joseph, Joseph, from the time that he had the dream of the stars and the sun bowing down, He's then sent as a slave by his own family, his own brothers who hate him, who actually wanted him dead. They send him to Egypt. And we know that from that time of the dream, 13 years later, he becomes second in charge to Pharaoh. It took 13 years for him to see the promise that God showed him in a dream, the promise that God placed in his heart. Can you imagine the discouragement he felt when he was sent as a slave from his own family? Can you imagine the discouragement Joseph felt when he was blamed for raping Potiphar's wife when he did not rape her? Can you imagine the discouragement he felt when he was in jail and he interpreted the dreams of two of Pharaoh's men who worked in the palace and the dreams came to pass exactly as he'd said and he said remember me when you get back to the palace remember me and they didn't they forgot about him 
but 13 years and then he saw the promise of God over his life. If you look at Abraham and Sarah, his wife, it took 25 years before they saw the promise of that child that God had told them about, the dream in their hearts, 25 years. Abraham's son Isaac, when he got married, he prayed for his wife. He was 40 years old when he married Rebecca. And the Bible says he pleaded to God for her because she could not fall pregnant. The Bible says he became a father at the age of 60. You do the maths. 20 years before he saw the promise. There must have been times he felt discouraged. His wife must have felt extremely discouraged because the Bible says he pleaded to God for her. And so at the age of 60, he had twins born to him through his wife, Rebecca. And then their daughter-in-law, Rachel, waited for Joseph. Joseph was actually the child of Rachel. And it took her many, 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 many years before Joseph was born to her. She actually had two sons, Joseph and Benjamin. But scholars actually estimate that Benjamin was probably 15 years younger than Joseph. Can you imagine waiting so long to have the first child and then waiting so long to have the second child? The Bible is full of stories of people who must have been discouraged and yet they stood firm and yet we see the promise of God, the goodness of God, the blessing of God, the kindness of God, the grace of God over their lives. Psalm 127, 3 to 5 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. I just want to speak to any lady. Maybe you've been waiting on the Lord for a baby. You have not been able to fall pregnant. I want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't think you're bad. Don't think God won't bless you. That's all lies from the devil. The blessing is in his word. And we have to learn to stand on the word of God, no matter what we see, no matter what we hear, no matter what we feel. We've got to learn to stand on the word of God. If we look in the New Testament, because that's all been Old Testament, right? And sometimes we think, well, that's Old Testament and New Testament. Well, John the Baptist, who was Jesus's cousin, his mother, Elizabeth, the Bible says she was in her elderly age when she fell pregnant with John. It is possible that she was at least 60 years old, which is well past her childbearing years when she had John. And so the Bible is full of incredible stories of people who didn't have it all together. It didn't always work out well for. And yet it is also a picture and a reminder to us not to be discouraged and not to be afraid. Hey, we can't be scaredy cats. We were born for whatever God has placed and his blessing and anointing is upon our lives. And we've got to step into that. And you know, if you look just at Jesus, you can go from Genesis to the book of Revelation and you will see the words, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. You will see that from Genesis to Revelation. In fact, I want to encourage you to highlight that every time you see it in your Bible, you will be amazed at how many times you see that. If you look in the Bible, just at the life of Jesus alone, he said to his disciples, do not be afraid. 
Do not be discouraged. And you know what I love is in the book of Revelation, when John encounters Jesus in the dreams he has of the end times, the visions, Jesus says to him, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Isn't that amazing? Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8 says this. He, God, he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why? Because he'll never leave you. He'll always be with you. He will never let you go. He will never leave you in a place of darkness. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can fear no evil because God is with us. He's there with us. We don't have to sit down in that valley. We can walk because he is with us. And in Genesis chapter 26, verse 24, God says, For I am with you, for I am with you, I will bless you. And so no matter what dream, what vision you've had in your heart that you haven't seen, I want to encourage you to dream it, to believe it. Don't believe the lies that you've messed up, God won't answer your prayer, He doesn't want to do it for you, He'll only do it for someone else. That's not what the Word says. God says in His Word, I am no respecter of people. He doesn't have favorites. What he does for one, he will do for all. But we must stand firm. We must be strong. We must be courageous. Our confidence must be in God and God alone. Our enthusiasm must be in Him. And I want to encourage you to dream the dreams, redream them, revisualize them where you've lost the hope. Maybe you're single and you believe you will never get married. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine your hair done and your extremely beautiful dress on. Can you see the dress on you exactly as you've always dreamed or envisioned? Can you see your hair, your makeup, how beautiful? beautiful you look, how lovely you smell, look at your shoes, oh they're stunning, I want you to see yourself walking down that aisle, I want you to see people standing around you, your family, with approval, with celebration, with joy, approving of you, approving of that man you're going to marry, I want you to see him standing at the end of the aisle by the minister, the pastor, the priest, and he's smiling, a very big smile, like he's hit the jackpot and he's smiling at you and he's a good man. He's a godly man. He will be able to provide for you. He will be able to lead your family. He will be the priest in your home. He will provide for your children. He will lead them well. He will be good at the work he does or the business or the job and he will not be lazy, that he will be godly in every single way, that he will be faithful. I want you to see and dream like that. You know, the one night I went to bed and I was lying in bed and I decided to do this. I prayed to the Lord and before going to bed, I thought I'm going to just vision, literally see the dreams that God has for me. And I closed my eyes and I have no idea how the enemy, the devil flipped that on me. I can't tell you how it happened but literally I began to see when my mom passed away the accident I literally relived that I relived seeing the blood by her mouth I literally remember the hospital scene I remember sitting in the room after the doctors came to tell us that she had passed away and I cannot begin to tell you the emotion. It was literally me reliving that extremely grievous moment in my life. 
and I suddenly jerked in realization of what had happened. I didn't know how I'd gotten there, but I had literally closed my eyes to envision the dreams that God has for me, that God has for us as a family, that God has for the church. And the next minute I was reliving an incredibly difficult moment in my life that I don't go to. I don't do that naturally. I don't lie in bed and think those moments. How the devil did that? But you know what? It made me realize how we can think things that stop us from dreaming the dreams that God has for us. And in that moment when I realized it, and really so many emotions were invoked in me, I felt like I was grieving again. I felt like I was crying again. And I literally came before God and repented. Literally said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I don't know how I got there, but forgive me for actually going there. And Father, I want to dream the dream dreams you have for me. Thank you so much that you've placed a dream in my heart and then began to dream the dreams that God has. But you see, you'll either be reliving moments of pain or you will be dreaming the dreams that God has for you. I want to encourage you to dream the dreams that God has for you. Literally visualize it. Cut out a picture. If I can use the example of the wedding again, go and find the dress that you like and cut out a picture of your face and put it on top and then go and find a a groom that you like and stick it next to you. Not of a real person because you've got to trust God for who he has. So you know, maybe you can cut off his head and put a question mark there, but you can visualize who he is. You can ask God, Lord, I want a man who loves you with all of his heart. Maybe you want a teacher. You want him to be a teacher. You can ask God for that. You can be very, very specific, but dream. And then it's trusting God, not being afraid, not losing courage, but standing firm, remembering God will never leave you and he will never forsake you and his blessing is upon you. Will you remember that? So we're not going to be scaredy cats, right? We're not going to live our lives like Lexi, walking around with horror music playing. We're actually going to live our lives with dreams in our heart, filled with enthusiasm and confidence for the future because of what God has for us. And so let's pray together. Father, we simply want to say thank you for what you've placed in our hearts. We trust you. We believe you. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We ask you, Father, that we would walk in confidence and enthusiasm of your word, of your promises in the Bible. And Father, that we would never forget them. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would not be afraid. No matter what is going on around us, we would not be fearful, but we would stand firm, that we would be filled with courage, and we would believe you. Thank you that your blessing is upon our lives. We thank you so much. We love you, Father, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. May God bless you.
Jesus Christ Say the peace and joy will be the price Trust with all your heart You will be a part of this kingdom for eternity If you give your life now to Jesus Christ Endless love and freedom is the price 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 Let's go.